person sent uh, yeah. me. Why are they sending me this? And I'm yeah. like, well, we yeah. just do that. Sometimes we get mailing lists and yeah. we do that. Yeah. But I want to come by and pick that up from you because I want to yeah. see what the competition is doing, doing yeah. right? Yeah. So I always tell my, I always tell my clients. Hey, We are back with another episode of Cut to the Chase, and today I have a very special guest. A friend of mine for the last over decade, currently owns a real estate company, runs an entire real estate team, and she is simply crushing it. So we are going to talk uh, for a few minutes here, and why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself, Brandy? Uh, I'm Brandy Brown. I'm the broker owner at Exit Realty Mountain View, and has it really been a decade? I, we, it's, yeah, yeah it's, it's been a decade. since before my daughter was born. Yeah. Wow. And so, uh, yeah, yeah. We've known each other for quite some time. Yeah. Long time. It You're, doesn't feel that long. It doesn't. It doesn't. It's, it's nice. You know, some, some relationships feel like, you know, them a day and you're just like, Oh, this is exhausting. Right. I've known you 10 years. It feels, feels like it's still a fresh relationship. Right? Yep. So that, that, that works out very good. So, um, I wanted to jump in and talk to you today about a few things. I wanted to ask, you know, for a real estate agent, you know, you, you manage a team right? What does it take? And, and by the way, we're going to jump into some of these, these uh, questions as we go along. Okay. But I'm going to give you kind of a preview. Uh, I want you to think about what does it take to succeed in real estate right now? Right? Like what, if you had to train somebody right now, who's brand new, what, what would it take to succeed in real estate? What mindset does it take to succeed in real estate? Cause we're here in Colorado Springs, right? right. And it's, it's different than say, if you were in the middle of Kansas or in Texas or Montana, like, so we're going to focus like right now today in Colorado Springs, the way the market is, we have a big veteran, uh, uh population here. We have, a, most people are not natives here. Right. So you have a different type of different type here than you would have in a lot of other areas. Um, but before we do that, I want to ask you a couple questions just so I get to know Brandy Brown and everybody who listens gets to know Brandy Brown. Okay. Okay. okay you ready for this? Mm-hmm. Um, are you a veteran? I am a veteran. You are a veteran. U.S. Okay. Army. Yep. U.S. Army. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. What did you do in the Army? Oh, if you don't mind. Now, if, if this is top secret, I do not want to be killed in my <laughs> sleep. So go ahead and ju- just tell me what you've done. Is anything secret in the Army? No. Um, so I was military police for six years. Military police. Yeah. Four foot 11, military police. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's almost like if you think about it, like a honey badger doesn't care that it's smaller than a lion. <laughs> right. It's going to fight that lion. Right. Right. Yeah. So were you the honey badger of MPs? I guess so. You yeah, were, that would the, be it. Yeah, I mean, you were the honey badger of yeah. MPs. Okay, cool. Um, any crazy situations you want to tell us about before we get going? No, no I mean, keep I'd, that to yourself. Yeah. And yeah. even if it was like the people that are in the army now and what they have to go through is a lot different than what I experienced. You know, I got out. Mm-hmm. right after 9-11. So I didn't okay. go through the decades of deployments and, and mm. actual hostile war situations that these people now or you know, that have been in the military for the last 20 years have experienced. So right. it's very different. I was like the peacetime So it was military uh, after, what, what did they call it? Uh, not Iraqi Freedom, before Iraqi Freedom. It was, yeah. it was in the early 90s, right? So it was after that. Yeah. But it was before... Uh, 9-11. Yeah. Well, I got out right after 9-11, so I never had to deploy. Okay. Wow. Um, I deployed, yes, but those were peacekeeping missions. You know, like yeah. I deployed to Panama. 
yeah. or a peacekeeping mission and sat gotcha. on the beach on our days off. And, sat, <laughs> and, we, and we did a lot. I don't yeah. discredit that. We did a lot of work there yeah. and turning back over the canal and, you know, the but, training but that it, we did. But it wasn't, wasn't, it wasn't hostile. threat of, yeah. I might not survive this. Yeah. Gotcha. Know? Okay. Well, that's, that's a very humble approach. Yeah, it's a different mindset, I think. Uh, yeah, for sure. And, uh, and the current veterans that come back, um, again, different mindset they have to have going and have different mindset they have when right. they come back. Right. Uh, it's like coming back from Nam and, uh, all of a sudden it's, you know, you got, you got some stuff you got to deal with. Right. right? And that, I think that the military learned a lot from that situation mm. in Vietnam and how yeah. they treated the service men and women coming back from that. I mean, after they got back, after they got home. Yeah. And then, um, you know, I think our military now is a lot more educated on their benefits and what they get Mm. out of their time in service than even I was. So I think we learned a Mm -hmm. lot from the last 20 years of wartime experience and what our service members need and what their families need. That's interesting. It sounds like you have a very intimate knowledge of this. Uh, And I find it interesting that you would say that um, they have more knowledge right now on what's available to them as opposed to um, just kind of, like, well, I'm out of the service. Right. Hope it works out. Right. You know, it's. Yeah, they do a lot of, the uh, military does a lot of out briefing and mm. transi- transitioning soldiers out. Yeah. And they have a lot more programs and abilities, like things I didn't know about that you can do internships and different things. And You're like, what the heck? They educate yeah. you on your benefits. And, you know, uh, when I first started in real estate, veterans didn't understand the VA loan. And we did a radio show once where we talked yeah, yeah. all about the VA yeah. loan process and people just didn't understand it. And. Mm-hmm. In real time, we're educating our military a lot better yeah. on what they're. Do you think that has to do with uh, the military's efforts? Or do you think it has to do more with the internet? I think it has to do with a community effort. Like we have different services here because, and I think that's because we do have five installations here of different branches of service. Um, so I think the community does a better job of educating our veterans. Our professional mm-hmm. community, of course, does. Yeah, and then the knowledge that they're able to learn getting out of service and transitioning out plus the internet, obviously. Do you, do you think, real do you think real estate agents are more knowledgeable now on, uh, on VA veteran PCS veteran loans, um, veterans looking to buy their first house, second house, expanded eligibility. Do you think they're more knowledgeable now than when you first started real estate? I think yes, but I've always been a military community too. Mm-hmm. If you go outside of the military community, it's it's yeah. very different. And yeah. then there's lenders that there's even lenders, and they don't know yeah. VA. You know, I have people coming mm-hmm. call me from rural areas, and I'm like, so you, once upon yeah. a time, this guy told me about VA twenty six seven. His <laughs> name's Tim Chase, <laughs> really good lender. But you should actually download this yeah. and print this handbook and have it because yeah. you might be able to teach a lender something or it's, another it's or vice versa. Shockingly, it has a lot of details, but still um, amazingly still ambiguous in a lot of areas where you're it like, well, there's there's a lot of interpretation to go on here, right? Well, we practice it every day, right? Yeah. So we're probably well, more well-versed. Yeah. We pay attention to the changes that are coming down mm-hmm. from VA that come and down to guidelines, yep. that come down to lending. Um, so I think that also plays a huge role in it. We're more in tune with it because we are in a, such a high yeah. concentration of military population. So um, with your family, your family, you did you get did you get PCS here to Colorado Springs, or how did you how did you get to Colorado Springs? Yep, I um, my 
ex-husband got mm-hmm. pcs here okay and so we was he came, army as well he was yeah. okay um so we came here in 2011 and uh when did you ever sent uh and so your whole family was basically raised here um, yes, I had teenagers when we moved, I had two teenagers when we moved here. My okay. younger children, I have three Wideville High School graduates, by the way. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, and my daughter is at Mesa Ridge. Um, okay. so we, I enveloped myself in the community immediately. Yep. Um, and I really feel strongly about the area. Mm-hmm. And so really, honestly, that's why we're staying. Okay. So, um, when you, when you moved here to Colorado Springs, um, and so I don't know everywhere. Where, where'd you live? Like, where'd you grow up? Upstate New York. Upstate New York. That's where the feist comes in. <laughs> it okay. is. That's yeah. why I that came in. When you moved to Colorado Springs, and I understand this was, you know, a long time ago, but was there anything in particular about our community in Colorado? Not, I'm not talking about the military community necessarily, just in general. What was like the biggest surprise to you when you moved to Colorado Springs? Like, like what was different than you thought it would be? Well, you know, everybody that you talk to when you say mm-hmm. you get assignment to Colorado, they're like, oh, that's one of the best places to live, the best duty assignment. Oh, um, nice. What I thought was crazy to me is there was like this Colorado Springs proper, mm-hmm. but then there was like all these other areas outside yeah. of Colorado Springs proper where yeah. you they were just putting up a random subdivision like mine that I yeah. live in. Um, so that was kind of surprising to me yeah. that it wasn't like all really concentrated. It was very spread out for yeah. being the city. So we're this mm-hmm. big little city because everybody kind of knows each other too. So it's, it's weird. very strange. It's weird. I mean, you, you just run into people and you're like, oh, I know you. But yeah. how do I know you? Because we don't, we're not like neighbors. We don't hang out or anything. Yeah. But yeah, we're the, like this big, small community. Yeah, which is kind of cool, right? right. Uh, which is a lot different than if you lived in a true small community, which is right. like where I grew up in Canyon City, is you knew everybody because everybody lived within a 12-mile radius of you, <laughs> you know? How many you, kids did you graduate with? Th- there was like 300 or something like that. So That's actually still big, small community, yeah, too, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, yes, everybody knows your name there. Oh, you, you knew everybody, and you knew everybody's cousin, too. Right. And that's just... I mean, you just knew everybody, but, um, in a bigger city like this, when you get, you know, half million to a million people, um, you would, you would think that it would be more rare, but it's actually pretty common to go to the grocery store and bump into somebody that, you know, who doesn't even, doesn't even live in your community necessarily, or maybe they live a couple miles away. Right. You know, it's, it's somebody you haven't seen for a couple of years and you popped into and you you run into them. Right. Yeah. It's very, I run into people like at Lowe's. Right. And like, what are you even doing at this Lowe's at this, in this aisle at this time? Right. Like this it's Lowe's weird. is the only Lowe's in town that actually has its item that I want. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's aisle 31, <laughs> row nine. Yeah. Um, so I have, a, I have a, a couple of things I wanted to ask you. Right. So th- let, let's jump into um, with your family. Um, are any of them aspiring to be real estate? No. No. Oh, smart. I know. Right. <laughs> I, like, I was like hoping the doctor. that one of them yeah. might, but yeah. no. Um, okay. But they are very much educating themselves on the home buying process and the investment process. So I'm oh, very good. proud of that. Yes. Excellent. So, um, so would you, I mean, maybe I'm putting words in your mouth here, but so if your kids aren't going to be real estate agents, would you consider your team, all the people who work under you kind of your real estate kids or your real estate, like, like that's, that, that's, you're teaching them. Um, exit Realty Mountain View is my legacy. Okay. And regardless of who ends up with Exit Realty Mountain View, mm-hmm. that's my legacy. And um, 
I wouldn't say that they're my kids, but they're my family. They're oh, there like we go. My family. Brothers, All right. My sisters. Okay. Excellent. Um, but yeah, I want to educate them mm-hmm. and I actually learn from most of them. Yeah. You know, in the process. So it makes me stronger broker owner so that mm-hmm. I can keep training the next generation of agents. So I want to just take a few minutes here and talk about um, some stuff that you know as a broker owner, right? Things that maybe a new real estate agent wouldn't know. Uh, or maybe a real estate agent who's maybe struggling because, as you know, there's you know four or five thousand agents in town, and there's yes, like there twelve is. there's like twelve hundred deals last month, right? right? So there's not there's not a massive you know there's a lot of people not doing transactions, and there's right. a lot of people that are doing transactions. Uh, well, here's an interesting statistic for you: is I pulled up the last thirty days stats, and you know they always say twenty percent of the people do eighty percent of the of the production. Well, when right. I pulled that up, um. Out of a thousand, I think uh, you know, twelve hundred or whatever it was, it was a thousand. Uh, when I pulled it up, six hundred and I think eighty different agents had conducted a buy side transaction. So you had like sixty eight percent were done all by different agents, right? Which was shocking, right? Right. So it's like I feel like it's way more spread out as opposed to just that little you know, two or three teams doing everything. Like, I, that's how I feel it used to be. Like, maybe five years ago, I felt like right. there was, like, five teams that kind of seemed to do everything. So my question is this. When you have a new real estate agent or any real estate agent in your office, what do you see as probably one of the, the bigger problems, like, activity-wise or non-activity-wise? Like, what do they do that is almost setting up their failure? Time management. Ooh, that was a quick answer. Yeah, because okay. that is. That's okay. going to make or break you. Mm-hmm. In this business, if you can't control your time, mm-hmm. you're either always going to be jumping to the next fire, running to the next deal, having it fall out. You have to manage your time. And uh, I believe that our brokers that run brokerages, we don't do a good enough job in teaching our associate brokers time management. That's fantastic. What is your structure? What does your day look like? Because you know, if you don't go out hustle every day, you're not going to get business, right? Yeah. But if you're mm. squirreling it and doing, you know, mm-hmm. three hours of surfing Facebook and two hours of answering emails, now you just lost five hours of your day. And you where's th- your prospecting? You got three hours left, and right. and you still have to um, dance around other other right. things that are taking your time. Or you have the agent that gets really excited about that first deal that comes down the pipeline, mm-hmm. and they're constantly on fire answering mm-hmm. their phone. And um, something I wish someone would have told me a long time ago, that I'm not anybody's mule and I don't have to work horse for people. This is my profession and mm-hmm. I need to be professional when I do it, but I also, mm-hmm. people need to respect me and my time yeah. and what I'm doing. So making appointments with yourself, mm-hmm. scheduling your structured family time, and you don't have to be a jerk to your client and say, well, I can't because you know, sure. I'm busy making dinner for my family, but you know. How dare you call me at seven o'clock right. on a Thursday. These are my office <laughs> working hours. Yeah. Set the expectation up front for the client. And then when the something goes on fire at 10 p.m., you don't have to answer your phone because I can tell you your lenders and your title yeah. people, they're not doing business at 10 p.m. Well, and at 10 p.m., here's, here's what I like to share with agents. I share it with our team too, but um, if something's blowing up at 10 p.m., it's still going to be blowing up at 8 a.m. Right. Like it, nothing's going to happen right. in, in that 10 hour span that's going to fix anything. Right. Like literally nothing. You might make yourself feel better by blasting out a whole bunch of emails. You're like, oh, whew, I feel better. Right. 
Nothing happened. So you're still sitting there biting your your nails yeah. after you've sent out all of those email blasts, and you're the only one not sleeping <laughs> exactly. because everybody else went to bed. And they're going to get up at eight and be like, "Oh, here's something to deal with." Right. And I got a clean head, and I'm I'm ready to go for the day. And you're right? still mad because they didn't answer their phone <laughs> at 10 p.m. Right. You wake so, up at eight. What the heck's going on? Yeah. And that's a big thing is setting the expectation and managing your time and let, not letting everybody else manage your time for you. When would you suggest that an agent should build a team, like production-wise? I don't think I would make a suggestion to anybody to build a team. I mm. think it has to be the individual broker. What do you want? So when you come and interview with buy brokerage, it mm -hmm. is very much, what are you looking for? Yeah. What are you looking to build? What do you want your future to look like? What's your income goal? Like, do you want to run a company? Okay. Do you want to open your own brokerage? Do you want to manage a team? How do you want to do that? So okay. for me, I don't ever recommend you should start a team, mm -hmm. but I do tell every broker, and my brokers will attest to it, that I tell every one of them you should have a transaction coordinator on your first deal. Okay. So Again, to me, time you management. are building a team by having that piece in place. And then when you get to a level of production mm -hmm. where the transaction coordinator is overwhelmed by the amount of business you're giving them, then you add your assistant. Okay. So right? you do have a plan, but it's, it's not, true, it's not necessarily it's not for like, everybody. It's not written as you should start a team gotcha. because in our, also in our industry, teams are a buyer's agent and a listing agent. And yeah. you're like the, rain I got the maker. rainmaker. Right. Yeah. So yeah. that's the misconception of teams in our industry. I think yeah. they don't have to look like that either. Okay. So you can design your own team. Right. Right. So, you mentioned what do you, you know, what, what is their goals? So that would lead me to an, a question for you is what goals when you first started, think of when you very first got licensed in real estate. Okay. How have your goals changed from then until now? I'm more stable in what I do. Um, I tried a lot of brokerages. Yeah. I, I did the move around broker for a yeah. little while. Um, but I don't feel like I ever got the, that hand that said, you need to make a plan. It was numbers and production. Here's how many deals you need to close. Mm. Here's how you could get there. And I'm a brand new agent and people are telling me to spend tens of thousands of dollars. Go buy and, Zillow ads. Right. Go, go on Facebook point, ads. I didn't yeah. have the partnerships with yeah. lenders and title people mm -hmm. to say, what am I really building? Yeah. So I didn't really start building. I had a license since 2005 because I had one in another state. Yeah. I got here and got my license in 2012. Well, I guess it was 2013. But um, I didn't find a brokerage that actually gave a crap about what I was doing until I found Exit. And then once I found Exit, it was more, it was that, not based on your production. Yes, you need production because you have income goals and you have things you want to do for mm -hmm. your family, but it was centered around those things. Hmm. Because, you know, like Simon Sinek says, what is yeah. your why? Yeah, and I know people think that's bull crap, but I don't. I believe that's well, true. People you have to know what you want in order yeah. to put a plan in place. The only place reason to get people it. think that's bull crap is because it's become so common to say. Right. You know, five years ago, ten years ago, it wasn't common to say. Right. I mean, Tony Robbins has been saying that since the nineties. Right. right? So it, it it if you can define that, it's a very big deal, right? Yeah. Uh, so here here's a quick example. And on my team, um, we were talking yesterday about. Uh, doing our calls. So like Wednesdays, we do database calls as an example. And that's 
we call um, A's and B's on this week. On Wednesday, next week we call C and D. Next week we call E and F. Right. So we okay. er, whoever their last name is. So that way we touch all clients four times a year. Okay. And and we're calling that. And I asked our team, well, what, you know, what if you don't feel like making your calls? Like, how do you deal with that? And one person brought up. They said, um, and this goes to your like, what's your why? Right. Again, so I, I got to think of a different way to say that right. because because it has become so just generic silly right. you know what i mean like oh my why is to change the world right Wh- whatever you're you know but if you truly have your why so this is an interesting way that they said this they said you have to define and this is a loan officer telling me this yesterday you have to define what you want and you have to how'd she say it? you have to define who else is going to benefit from your hard work other than you so as an example um, what do I want to achieve? What what can Amini achieve for somebody else? Not right. from not for myself. Take me out of the equation. And uh, one person said, "Well, I want to help my mom retire, and that that's what I want to do. I want her to stop working so hard. And maybe it's I want to get my child a uh, first generation into college. What, like what like outside of you, who benefits from this work you're doing today? And then when you don't feel like making your calls and you don't feel like doing what you need to do that day in your time block, right? If you don't do that, what you do is you have a promise with yourself. I will pick up the phone and I will call that person who's supposed to benefit from my work. I'm not going to tell them I'm not doing it. I'm just going to call them. I'm going to talk to them and then refresh why I'm doing this. And then I jump right back in and say, these calls are not hard. These database calls aren't hard. My follow-up isn't hard. I thought that was absolute gold, right? That is pretty gold because I would have been like, Pick up the phone and call that person and tell them why you suck today. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you mom, know? just want to tell you you're working another two years because I refuse <laughs> to make my calls. Right? right. Yeah. And it is hard. Sometimes I mean, mm-hmm. we're human. You know, yeah. I don't always want to pick up that phone and call anybody, yeah. but I can't preach it and then not do it. Yeah. Either, well, right? and you know, that's perfect. That's perfect. You can't. Um, you can't be a true leader if you're afraid to get in the trenches. Right. If you, I cannot, you cannot ask anybody on your team to do something you either haven't done, you're not willing to do, you're not currently doing. Right. You, you have to have that. Right? right. That's the only way to truly lead. Yeah. And I tell my team, I hate, I hate door knocking. I hate cold calling. I hate all of those things. Yeah. But if you, if that's in your plan and you want to do it, let's do it. I'll sit down and do it with you. We'll do it together. Yeah. I think if you do that, it makes you feel better too because you've got somebody else there with you yep. in the same trench. Yeah, basically. exactly. It's like, hey, I got a, I got my brother in arms over here. Right. Like, like we, we can, we're going to do this right. together. So even if you do get a hundred no's, at least you're laughing at the other person that also got all those no's too. And then when you get that one <laughs> yes, you can celebrate it a lot harder if you've got somebody sitting right there to celebrate it with you. Okay, ready for this one? This one, I love this question, and I, I, I am always shocked by the answer. If you had to start your real estate career in a brand new city today, you don't know anybody. You've never been to this city before. You just moved here yesterday. Today's Wednesday. Today's your first day. You just got licensed, back licensed again. What activity would you do that is like a non-negotiable that I have to do in order to win in this new city to build my business? Oh, you got to find the people in the city that are already doing it. What do you mean? I got to find the brokerage. Okay. Okay. I got to find the lender. Okay. I got to find the title company or attorney Mm. that's doing the deal. And I have to introduce myself to them first. Okay. That's the first thing you do. And what does that benefit you? They're going to help me grow. 
Okay. They're going to teach me the city. They're going to mm. teach me how the industry is done in their city. Which is going to be different than wherever you came from. Right. Yeah. Pretty much. Right. Yeah. Um, so they're going to teach me all of those things that you partner with the right people there. You're going to grow that business. Okay. Because you're going to yeah. back and forth partnerships. Perfect. Right. Yeah. And then, and then, and now then I'm going to probably get on every Facebook group uh, that I can. Yeah. And then I'm going to use whatever system um, that my either my brokerage has in place or system meaning a CRM, CRM uh, website. Um, I'm a big proponent of having your own website and your CRM Mm -hmm. LinkedIn somewhere. Yeah. Um, and if you can take that and move it into a new city and start pushing out other people's listings and stuff, I think that you can quickly build. How do you feel about going to other agents uh, open houses for them that maybe don't even work in your brokerage or would you be pro that or against that? I do not allow outside brokers that aren't in our brokerage to host our open houses. To host your your open and houses, we don't are we don't host them outside of. Okay, exit. I've I've heard different I've heard different um, opinions on that. Um, what, I why, don't what's because your... of policy procedure, and somebody okay. says or does the wrong thing while they're representing a home that one of my brokers has listed. Ah, okay. What's my liability? And, it, and maybe there isn't, but I'm not willing to take the what if. Gotcha. So if somebody breaks in and right. steals something or something, well, you're right. you're the one that's actually got my house right. listed. Plus, right. uh, we're getting paid to work for our clients. We should be working for our clients. <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So um, kind of a last question here that I have that I would personally find very uh, insightful. Uh if you could be a loan officer for one week, what would you change on how other lo- on how you do your business? What would you do different than what you see loan officers doing now? Oh, I don't. I would never want to do what you all do. <laughs> you would quit. <laughs> I, would, I would probably quit. Yeah. Or you, you know, I'd get fired yeah, fast. That's funny. Um, there's nothing like. I think in our industry as a whole, lenders, agents, Mm -hmm. everybody, communication is key. Yeah. Effective communicators do business. Ah, People that can't communicate, they might be able to produce a loan or sell a brokerage or sell a, you know, a house, but they're not growing anything. Gotcha. They're just, they're just sustaining. They're going through the motions basically. So, you know, I want to tie myself to the people that do the same things I do and think the same way. I mm-hmm. do. Time blocking, time management, calling their, their client, uh, making me understand the process. So that would be the one thing I would probably say. I want to know what your process is. Okay. When are you going to follow up with the client? How often are you touching the client? Mm-hmm. We go under contract. What's your process? How often would I expect to hear from you? Okay. Like yeah. What's happening throughout that process? So you're not just out in the dark right. wondering like, I want to align. Okay, yeah, We're partnering I, and I'm putting my I name on you. You're crickets. putting yours on me. Yeah. Then it has to be a full on partnership. So that's the one thing I would say um, I would change. I would make sure that every lender understands that. I want to know. I want to be in the know. Mm-hmm. As the broker, um, I think that some people think there's a disconnect between us, lenders yeah. and mm-hmm. a, and brokers, that we don't effectively communicate with each other. Yep. Um, I'm going to help you put to. out the fire. And I know there's yeah. laws for you all that are in place yeah. that you can't share certain things sure. with me about the client. And I get all of that. And I'm okay with that. But what yeah. do you need? Like, if you're not getting docs Let me from know. a client, I want to know because I'm the one that's going to go get in their face about getting like, you those docs. Johnny, where's our... Where's right. 
He tells me you don't got pay stubs. Come on, get, get right. the, we, you, you, you want to close it to be the hero yeah. and fund the money and close the deal. Yeah. And I'm going to play bad cop to make yeah. sure that you get all your like, stuff. Dude, you're going to lose your earnest money and I get the house, get yeah. the, get the stuff over there. Right. Um, I, I kind of actually just came up with another question or two for okay. you. So I, I was going to stop at that, but, um, what activity, like, let's take time blocking out. What activity do you say is your most fruitful as being a real estate agent? Like, like what, what do you do that's the, the, like the number one activity that you feel helps you right now? Uh, I'm in, I think you need to have a niche and know your niche or niche, however you feel like saying it. Um, Give me an example of a. I'm a veteran. I, okay. I am a veteran. You, everybody in town knows that I'm a veteran. Yep. And um, I think that helps me build relationships mm-hmm. because there's this unwritten trust between us as vets. Yeah. So we just, it just is. Yeah. And I'm not talking about an MRP designation. That's yeah. easy. <laughs> I'm talking about. You didn't you go know, to a class and pay niche. a $200 a year. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then my other thing, um, I'm on a different level because I'm not, mm-hmm. it's not about production for me. Like I love doing real estate and producing, yeah. but I'm also the broker owner of our company, right? right? Got to run the whole business. My sole goal is to grow that brokerage. Yep. And make it one of the top five in the industry, right? Yep. So for me, it's finding the agents. Mm-hmm. And the ones that are lulling in production or they're not happy or they're not doing deals and saying, what do yeah. you need? And educating community. So mm-hmm. most of my business is repeat and referral. Any agent Which business that I do is repeat and referral. Yeah. Um, so, so I'm find not that niche. Find that niche and yeah. stick with it. No, I'm not out just yeah. random throwing stuff at the air and making sure. But I contribute a lot of that success to Brian Buffini. Oh really? Yeah. Okay. I know. I know quite a few agents in town that use Buffini, um, and I've I've gone I've gone through as many coaching things as I can. I mean, just as a loan officer, I still want to know what you guys do. So I've I've actually gone through quite a few different coaching platforms, and Buffini was interesting because it is very structured. It right? is. It, it's so it's it's not like it's not like a lot of feelings and social media posts and hope for the best. It's like really structured like are right. you doing your mailers are you I'm, I'm on your mailing list by the way uh, are, yeah. you, <laughs> are you doing your mailers are you doing your phone calls are you doing your database follow-ups right are you popping by people and actually mm-hmm. letting them know that you truly care about them and even after the deal is done because you know I, people are like i can't remember my agent's name that sold me my house isn't that crazy there's five thousand of us in the city, so yeah. no, it's really not that crazy because a lot of agents don't do this. They don't. Well, that's the crazy part. They're not growing their business. They're just sticking stuff at the wall and hoping it sticks. To me, that is the crazy part because if if there's five thousand of them, um, first off, you have the opportunity to for your client to know you, right? right? And nobody else. They're not even following up with their own clients. They're probably not going to follow up with yours, right? Right. So. Um, we have this thing on our computer screens that at the bottom of all the computer screens in our office that says, what would my competition not want me to do today? And, and part of that is let's stay in contact with our, with our database. So there's this guy in Arizona. Um, and I took his, his real estate training thing as well. I think I've told you about him in years past. His name is Joshua Smith. Right. Yep. Okay. And, um, one thing that he had, which I, I don't know if he still teaches this, this is, you know, six, seven years ago that I, that I looked at his stuff. Um, he had this thing called steal a client program. 
Did you ever hear about that? No. Okay, it's, it's but kind of, now I'm intrigued. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. Um, and I'm going to probably butcher this a little bit, but this is how I remember it. Is um, he has a listing, right? You do, the, and, and his his thought on this is, um, you're not going to follow up with your client anyway, so I'm justified in doing what I'm about to do. Okay, so I know you're not going to. Eighty percent of real estate agents don't, right. whatever that percentage is, right? So he has a listing. He sells the listing. Um, everything goes good. Everybody's happy. He pops back by the house, and he does this, you know, within thirty days of closing. Whatever, you know, two weeks, three weeks, 30 days, whatever. And he brings a gift to the people who bought the house. And he says, hey, my name's, uh, you know, my name's Tim Chase. I sold you, you know, I was actually a listing agent on this house. And I really just want to check in with you and your family. Like we take great pride in how we do our work. And we want to make sure, you know, we don't want to just sell things and let it be. Ha- has everything gone okay? Do you have questions? Did you get the sprinkler system figured out? And the mail, I know the mail's a little goofy in this part of the town, but you know, did you get that? Do you have any questions at all? Can I go back to my uh, back to my seller? Anything you want, right? Is, are you anything? Yeah. And they say, well, well, I got this or that. Okay. Well, he answers a few questions. Well, look, I brought you and your family a gift. Thank you for doing business with us. It's been fantastic. By the way, you know, if I could just get some information from you really quickly, and then I'm going to get with my seller and we'll get you, you know, whatever. Yeah. And then he adds him to his database mm-hmm. and then he starts dripping on him. He said that he has gotten, and this is crazy to me, he's gotten people that call him for business thinking that he was their agent, agent. Yeah. four years ago because mm-hmm. their agent never followed up. Right. What they know is he showed up at the house. He showed up. He showed up and he followed up. Right. And once a quarter they're getting a call or they're getting, you know, whatever it is. And I just thought that was like, I was like, First off, I can see how a lot of agents, because whatever your moral compass is on this, right? A lot of agents would say, oh, I would never do that. I don't, I don't feel right about it. To me, you're doing a disservice by not following up with the people. Sure. If you know the other person's not going to, why wouldn't you do it? Right. Right. Um, I think I thought it was fantastic. I think that's fantastic, too. I hope that yeah. people listening will take that into consideration as a business model. Once that deal's closed, there's no more contracts. So it's yeah. not like you're doing anything well, and, and, immoral, and unethical. I would caveat that <laughs> with... I figured you would. <laughs> there are some agents in this town that yeah. I want to do every... I want them on the other side of every deal. If they're not sitting in my office hanging their license... Because they're good? Because they're that good. Really? Okay. So like, there's some people I would close a deal with and I would never... Because, and maybe I would mm-hmm. do something like... Yeah. Hey, I was a listing agent and your agent was so-and-so mm-hmm. and, you know, so just to remind them, your agent was so-and-so yeah, and yeah. I'm in the community again because typically when I list one, I end up listing more in yeah. that same community, right? Yeah. So, yeah, that's a fantastic business plan. Man, I really hope some people pay attention to that. <laughs> what was his name? Josh, Josh, Joshua Smith. Joshua yeah, Smith. Yeah, he has GSD mode and you can watch his, he does his podcasts once a week, something like that. But it's his training I went through. It had to be six, seven years, eight years ago, something like that. And that was one of the training models was was the steal a client. Well, and I model. also think of your clients, if you as an agent that represented that client is doing what you're supposed to, whether it's following mm-hmm. what Joshua Smith does or Buffini or Ninja. Mm-hmm. I have a couple of agents in my office that do Ninja. Um, if you're following up with those clients, when they mm-hmm. see somebody else, somebody else comes to their house, their response is, I already have a real estate broker, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, and they can name who you are. And even if, even if I start to mail you something, I know your address, I know your name, I just did a deal well on the other side, right? Even if I start to mail you stuff, 
um, if your agent is doing their follow-up properly, it won't like I'm, I'm not going to have any impact on it because right. your, right. your agent's doing what they're supposed to do. Or like I have some clients that'll screenshot me what they got in the mail and they're like, Brandy, hey, look what this person sent uh, yeah. me. Why are they sending me this? And I'm yeah. like, well, we yeah. just do that. Sometimes we get mailing lists and yeah. we do that. Yeah. But I want to come by and pick that up from you because I want to yeah. see what the competition is doing, doing yeah. right? Yeah. So I always tell my, I always tell my clients, hey, if you get stuff in the mail from other mm-hmm. brokers, I want to know what my competition's doing. So yeah. save that for me. Would you would you feel comfortable naming two or three people that you love having on the other side of a transaction? Yeah, um, Marissa Lindsay. Okay. Um, Bree, God, Bree, put me on the spot. Tim, thanks a lot. Yeah, yeah. Hey, shout out to Bree. We just closed a deal last week, and it was freaking <laughs> fantastic. Nice. Oh, uh, I can't remember her last name. God, Bree, I'm sorry. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Anybody in my office? Yeah. Okay. I've yeah. Pretty much trained them all. Yeah. And Christine Calendar. Okay. Cool. So these people that you that you do a transaction with, um, is it? Be, this is from coming from a lending standpoint. Like I know that I know when I see a real estate agent, like certain real estate agents, contracts come over. I'm like, okay, this gonna be a good deal. Yeah. And then I see other ones. I'm like this is going to be a trainer. It doesn't matter how good this can go. They, it's somehow drama is going to get in here somewhere. somewhere. It's going to leak in. Right? right. And if it's not leaking in, they're going to kick a hole in it and make sure drama gets in. But these ones that we deal with that are really good. Um, what I like about them from a lending standpoint is, you know, you know something's going to happen in real estate. It could be right. a contract issue. It could be a, it could be a lending issue. It could be an appraisal issue, an inspection issue. It could be like a thousand right. different things. Right. So something's going to happen on most deals. And so for me, if I can call the buyer's agent, I can call the listing agent. I can say, here's a situation. You know, appraisal came in 10000 you know, below value right. or whatever. Um, they don't freak out. Like, that to me is huge. They're Tim, like... I always freak out. <laughs> like, ah, crap. <laughs> Tidewatered again. Uh, yeah, well, but see, but see, here's the thing is when that tidewater comes through, right, are, do I have agents that are able to say... Yeah. Okay, yeah. okay, right. cool. So that's the facts. I'm a professional. I'm going to deal with this. Right. As opposed to... Oh my gosh! I don't know what they just started. Their heads are spinning. So to me, it's almost like it's almost like if they can if they can just handle themselves really good. Because here's what I found is when they when they freak out, guess who the next person to freak out is their client. Right. If it's a buyer's agent, now my client's freaking out. Right. I'm like man, just it's not like it's just a thing. You do enough business, you understand this stuff happens all the time. How do we handle it? Yeah, right? my favorite is I'll roll up on a listing, you know, and uh, most of the time I don't pay atten- I don't pay attention to the MLS. I mm-hmm. schedule the address and showing time and I go yeah. get the instructions and I show it, right? I'm, not, I'm really not, you I'm not paying attention to the MLS. Yeah. So like I don't even know what I'm going to get paid until it's almost time for closing because I just don't. Is it, I a, just is it a three point two? Go, is right? it a two point right. oh? Is it, yeah. But then I go, I roll up to the house and I see like a certain sign so, in the yard, like Mary Bega or somebody in yeah. the yard. And I'm like, yes, yes, please pick this house, please pick. Yes, because I want to deal right? with that other agent. I want to work with that other broker. I know yeah. how they work. I know how they're structured. I know how they conduct themselves because mm-hmm. they're in the community and they show you that. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I'm like, oh, thank God, this person's name is on this. So thing. so because now you're gonna now you're gonna deliver a great. Uh, experience to your right. client and you know no matter what happens the experience is going to be okay yep. and you're gonna do everything you can to deliver it and nobody's gonna do nobody's gonna try to ruin that experience right, right? well that's fantastic thank you brandy thanks sure. for being here oh yeah. i have something for you ready oh, for this yes. okay here we go this is your official i love real estate t-shirt sweet thank you so oh am, am i did i Yay. brand did i brand myself on there okay that's fantastic I yeah love so now uh whether you whether you wear it to a baseball game 
maybe you wear it as a, you know, a painting shirt or you just be awesome and wear it out in public, right? And Got just it. say, bam, I love real estate. And here's the funny thing. You're going to get attention from that. Uh, I'm going to tell you a funny story, okay? I have one that says I love mortgages. I'm on a mountain bike ride. It's like a year ago. And I'm on a mountain bike ride by my house. And I'm riding and there's this huge group of of like this it was almost like a like a, a female riding group but it was like for younger like maybe high school age mm-hmm. uh, girls and then there was two or three maybe four uh, group leaders like instructors that were like leading the ride and then you always have whenever you do a group with kids you always have like uh, somebody on a bike behind everybody to make sure there's nobody gets a flat tire right. or you know, they're left behind so I'm riding up and I'm catching the tail end of this group and they're they're going down in little chunks, four or five at a time down this little kind of technical area. And I pull up and I'm like, man, I got to wait for these people because I don't want to like be in the middle of them and I don't want to cut them off. And so I just kind of wait for a second. This this lady turns around and she has this really like thick, like almost like Eastern European accent, right? She's like, she looks at me. I said, hey, how you guys doing? She looks at me, kind of smiles and she looks at my shirt. She's like, you love mortgages? <laughs> I said, "Why, well, yes, I do. I should kill you. <laughs> I, said, I said, really? You should kill me because I love mortgages. She's like, nobody loves mortgages. <laughs> I was like, eh, well, what are you going to do? So if nothing else, you will get attention. I've, awesome. I've, had, I've had four or five people make comments on, on, on it. So, well, thank you very much, Brandy. Thank it was you a great for pleasure. having me. I appreciate it. All right. Talk to you later. All right.